0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and we are making our way through this bye week for the Bruins. It's been a long stretch here without any Boston Bruins hockey, uh, but we're doing our best to bring you some content on a daily basis, and all of us are just trying to uh, survive through this uh, dry stretch without Boston Bruins hockey. Um, if you hear a background noise, children talking, laughing, crying, screaming, it's because uh, up here in Ontario, elementary school teachers are uh, doing rotating strikes, uh, meaning schools are closed today. And uh, two of the three of our boys are, are hanging around the house right now, playing DS, Mario Kart, something like that. I'm a bit jealous, actually, because I'd like to be playing video games instead of recording and. And working, But do uh, you want to say hi, Henners? Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Ian McLaren. As always, you can find me at IanCMcClaren on Twitter.com. You can also follow the show at, um, where is it? LO underscore Boston Bruins. Um, today on the show, I thought we would open up the mailbag uh, for a few questions, as well as uh, recap the AHL all-star game in which uh, a couple Bruins played a prominent role in another win. And uh, then of course, take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. So yeah, to begin the Atlantic division uh, team won the 2020 all-star challenge on Monday night. This was played in Ontario, California. Uh, Jack Stadnika scored two goals in the, uh, final game of the tournament there's actually six games as opposed to the um just three that are played at the nhl event actually seven games if you include the final the atlantic division beat the central division 3-1 and uh jack Stadnica and providence bruin captain paul carey were uh, instrumental in helping their team win i mentioned uh, stadnika had two goals and an assist In the final, Uh, for the whole event, I believe he had uh, one, two, three goals uh, in the event. Five points over the uh, four games, I believe, is what he ended up with. And uh, yeah, really impressive um, showing for the rookie in his first professional uh, All-Star game. Uh, he is second on the Bruins in scoring, tied with uh, Paul Carey. They each have 30 points. Stodnika has 14 goals and 16 assists in 44 games for the Providence Bruins. Uh, he is only 20 years old. He, of course, has uh, had a look with the Boston Bruins this season and I truly believe he is kind of the next um, center that the Bruins will build around in the future. I really believe he's that good. Not you know, necessarily uh, Patrice Bergeron or David Krejci good, but still uh, a very talented uh, two-way center that uh, has a very bright future for the Bruins. He had two games earlier this season with the Bruins. He recorded an assist. And I think he'll be kind of the next, um, second line center, uh, for the Bruins that this team can, uh, not necessarily build around, but be a, a really core member of the next wave for this team. Uh, if he's able to, um, uh, I think he will be on the team next year, get to learn from Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle. Um, that would really be beneficial to him. And, uh, yeah, really, um, Impressive rookie season so far for Stanika, who also shown in the uh, skills competition. I believe he clocked in around 13 seconds in the fastest skater, uh, which shows off his impressive wheels as well. Uh, So congrats to Stanika and Paul Carey for the uh, all-star win. Again, uh, Pasternak was on the losing end in the final, but he did earn MVP nod at the NHL event. Uh, So yeah, really good to see some uh, Bruins players and prospects excelling at their respective all-star competitions this year. Let's now move into the mailbag part of the podcast as we do have a few more questions than usual, uh, which is great. Uh, Zach B at Zach Brooks 29. He asks, what's your favorite Bruins memory? Um, Apart from the Cups and the recent uh, trips to the finals, uh, I think my favorite Bruins memory is uh, Cam Neely scoring his 50th goal in his 44th game. Uh, It's an unofficial 50 and under 50, as it was Boston's 66th game of the season where he um, reached that feat. Uh, He tied Mario Lemieux's 88-89 season for the fastest 250 by any player other than Wayne Gretzky. Neely, of course, was plagued by injury at that point in his career. Uh, he only played 49 games that season. Didn't score another goal through the remaining five games, so he ended with uh, 50 goals in 49 games, which is an incredible feat uh, for anybody at any level. I uh, think about, you know, Pasternak's hot start this season and uh, how he was unable to uh, come even close to reaching 50 and 50. Um, Cam Neely did it. Uh, with some pretty heavy injury issues that he was dealing with, and um, that was a pretty special to watch uh, for young Ian back in the day. Uh, I believe Zach had another question. He also asked, "What's your favorite ever Bruins jersey or logo, third or otherwise?" That's a tough one, as there's lots of different versions of the Bruins. Uh, logo and jersey that I, I really do like. Um, I think my favorite primary logo is the one that they wore up until, uh, 1994, 95. Uh, the spoked B, but with the yellow, uh, spokes with no black outline on them. I really like that. Um, I also really liked the, um, third jerseys that they wore from, uh, oh, eight to uh, about, uh, 2015 with the ruins with, uh, a bear in the middle, Boston underneath, uh, with the kind of, uh, sloped, kind of mushroomy, um, shaped logo in there. Um, I really do like as well the, yeah, just the plain B that they currently have on their, uh, their new third jerseys. I really like that. And, uh, You know, Basically, there's not really much that I don't like in terms of Bruins history. I think yesterday actually was um, the anniversary of bringing out the Pooh Bear jersey, which they wore for about 10 years, the mid-90s to mid-2000s. I'd really like to see them bring that back just for fun. There doesn't seem to be much appetite for it, but uh, it was a really cool look. Um, But yeah, I think my favorite overall was the one they wore up to uh, the mid-90s. I have that jersey, Cam Neely jersey. Um, I liked the uh, the shoulder patches as well that they had on that with the kind of yellow-looking bear with the sharp teeth. Uh, that's probably my favorite look uh, for the Bruins on a regular basis that they used to wear. Tom Collins at DH underscore Newf Collins asked, If Rask is healthy, what percentage of the Bruins games does he play from here on out? Uh, big question there is... Yeah, if he's healthy, um, we all know that he was able to attend his uh, kind of honoring prior to the break after he had been concussed in a game against the Blue Jackets. So that was a good sign that he was able to be in front of the crowd, under the lights, things like that. Um, He is able to come off IR. He was, I think, for the last game prior to the break. Um, No official word on that yet. Uh, But if he is healthy, I think, you know, the Bruins have, what, 30, 35 games left, 32 games. I think he'd probably play maybe 20 of those, I'd say. Kind of a 66%, 33% split, Uh, maybe even less than that, actually. Maybe he'll play like uh, 25 and 15 for... Halak down the stretch uh, really just to make sure that he's healthy rested up for the playoffs Um, that would be huge for the Bruins I really believe that was a huge advantage for this team last year and while Halak is under contract uh, this season uh, I really think it uh, makes sense to take advantage of that as well Uh, Halak of course is an unrestricted free agent um, this summer other teams might I think very well, we'll look at what he did for the Bruins over the past couple of years and try to get him on board in order to, um, yeah, give their star goalie some rest along the way. Uh, kind of take advantage of that tandem situation. Um, but for this season, yeah, I think Kalak probably play uh, 15 games max. Ask, will start to get more and more starts down the stretch so that he's, uh, yeah, just... Uh, in peak form for when the games matter most. My friend Beth at Iver Wheat asks, which game from this season do you most wish you could have attended? I'm assuming she means uh, Bruins Games. And uh, I think the game that stands out most to me, off the top of my head, not really looking back at all the games, was the... um, Black Friday game against the New York Rangers where the Bruins were down uh, 2-0. They fought back um, and tied the game, pushed it to overtime thanks to Sean Corrales scoring and then David Pasternak scoring. And then uh, David Pasternak had a very impressive rush into the offensive zone and uh, found David Krejci all alone in front of the net and he buried it for the overtime winner. The Bruins have been on the wrong end of A few comebacks this season, and uh, that one was memorable because obviously it went the other way. And uh, for that play that wrapped it up, that was uh, one of the best plays of the season in my mind so far for the Bruins this year. And that would have been pretty cool to, um, to witness live for sure couple more questions here the first one comes from rob cordez at rob one cordez he says i like Debrusque as third left wing i think coil is a good influence and plays more aggressive Debrusk needs more of that in his game move Anders bjork to two left wing and go get a two rw what do you think uh this is something i've spoken about on the podcast before um i really do like um the idea of Debrusk with Coyle and Heinen on the third line. Um, we could put Bjork either on the right side or the left side with Krejci. Uh, that seems to have been working so far. And yeah, I think obviously we do need an upgrade at the second line right wing position. So yeah, I don't I don't disagree at all, Rob. I think it would be good to have Debrusk and Coyle on the third line. Uh, Bjork and Krejci on the second line. Uh, right now, we have uh, Carson Kuhlman on the second line with with uh, Bjork and Krejci, and then Heinen on the third line with Coyle and DeBrusque. Um I don't really know what's going to happen on the right side there. I've said I wouldn't be opposed necessarily to trading Danton Heinen to upgrade the right-wing position, although I think his... Um, Offensive game and his defensive skills are a bit underrated by Bruins fans. He is often maligned, uh, unfairly, for uh, for his play. I don't really think people truly appreciate what he brings, and they might miss uh, that if they do decide to trade him. But um, I think he, right now, is a great third-line player for this team. Uh, Danton Heinen, that is. Um, I'm not completely sold on Carlson Kuhlman as a top-six winger. Um, So if you traded Heinen, you can move him down to the third line. I think that would be a really effective line, uh, aggressive, four-checking scoring line for the Bruins, which is a luxury to have uh, in your uh, third line, or bottom nine anyways. Um, And then a a big upgrade at second line right wing with Bjork and uh, Krejci would be uh, really great, I think. uh, If you're going to have a rookie on that line, you need... Uh, some solid veterans uh, to, yeah, just help them along and to uh, succeed. I don't think it's going to work with two young players like Kuhlman and Bjork on that line. So all that to say, yeah, I agree with you, Rob. I like Nebraska's third line uh, left wing. I think Bjork uh, and Krejci can play well together. And then we really need to figure out what's going to happen on the right side beyond uh Pasternak and in front of Wagner on the fourth line. Uh, last question comes from uh, C Garrett Padilla, who asks which of the 13 proposed Seattle names are you most are your most and least favorite. And he lists Kraken totems, emeralds, rainiers, sockeyes, renegades, sea lions, seals, evergreens, whales, Cougars, Eagles, and Firebirds. Uh, we already have a Firebirds in hockey. That's in Flint. Although you know, obviously, it's okay to double up. It's not in the same league. We have two, or we did have two Rough Riders up here in Canada in the CFL with a eight team league, which was ridiculous. Um, to be honest, at first I was a fan of Totems, but I see how that could be potentially problematic, um, and I don't think it's worth exploring that. Um, I really like, first of all, the idea of having a green-based uh, jersey color scheme for this team. Uh, so Evergreens, I think, would really fit in that, and it would go well with kind of the Pacific Northwest. Seattle Evergreens sounds pretty cool. Uh, I think Sockeyes would be really neat as well. You look at the Mississauga Steelheads of the OHL, I really like their logo. They kind of have the blue, silver, white color scheme, which is kind of played out. But if they could um, make a cool logo out of um, out of that and put in a, maybe a blue and green color scheme similar to what the Hartford Whalers used to have. Uh, but with the, the fish in there, I think that would be really cool. So sockeyes, I think, would be my favorite. Evergreens would be up there as well. Cougars, eagles. Yeah, uh, not a big fan of those. Kraken, I think is my outside favorite as kind of a unique fun name. Uh, but Sockas, I think would be my pick, uh, for that. Uh, Sean Woodley, who is the NHL, uh, team lead here at the Locked On Podcast Network. He asked, where does Matt Fratton rank on your list of all time faves? Um, he does not register on that list. Sorry, Sean. Now, as we do every day, let's end with some news and notes from around the NHL. The NHL um, is uh, joining in the chorus of um, well wishes and um, yeah, just uh, condolences after the death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, as well as. Uh, several others in a helicopter crash on Sunday. The National Hockey League offers its condolences to the family of NBA legend Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna and to the families and friends of all those who tragically perished. Uh, they released in a statement uh, a lot of players um, posted on Twitter, on social media to express their emotions as well. Alexander Ovechkin was good friends with with Kobe, and he said, "You don't want to hear somebody is in a crash in a helicopter and passes away. It's tough. I know him. He always treated me well when he saw me. It's hard. He was a legend in the basketball world, in the whole world. I still can't believe it." Um, some other players tweeted out as well. Current Kings captain Anzi Kopitar tweeted out, uh, "Rest in peace, legend. Thoughts and prayers are with Bryant family." Uh, John Tavares said Kobe didn't just inspire basketball players, but all athletes, including myself, his passion for the game, desire for competition and pursuit of greatness was very inspiring. Never take any moment for granted. RIP Mamba and Gianna condolences to all families involved. Uh, PK Subban said shocked and in complete disbelief, a father, husband, legend and idol gone way too soon. Thank you for the time, the lessons, and 20 years of greatness. Um, Claude Giroux, I've always wanted to be like you, not only as a player, but also as a person. You represent everything that is great about sports. R.I.P. Kobe. Ted Leonsis, the owner of the Washington Capitals. The world weeps. The basketball community mourns. Kobe is the GOAT, beloved and respected by all, stunned and shaken to our core. You know, I mentioned yesterday that it's fine to have uh, conflicted feelings about this based on um, Kobe Bryant's uh, pretty complicated legacy. I think um, the best uh, description of this situation um, was actually from Facebook, if you can believe it, a comment on a, a friend of mine's post. And it said, people have a hard time acknowledging that people can be and are a multitude of things all at once. Kobe was an NBA all-star, hero, and a celebrity, and someone who faced uh, sexual assault charges, and someone who died tragically, and he was a father, and he was a husband. Uh, He was all of these things at the same time, and a lot of us have a hard time reconciling. His basketball greatness with um, his uh, being a family man right now and having witnessed him, you know, leaving Lakers games and flying to Colorado uh, to, um, yeah, face these sexual assault charges. Uh, The apology that he gave, where it seemed as though he kind of admitted that uh, it was not consensual. And yeah, just all these complicated things that go into. Uh, mourning the loss of someone who is in the public eye so much who meant so much to the game of basketball so much to the world of sports and yeah had some problematic elements uh, for sure and um, yeah so it's okay to have complicated feelings Uh, as I said on Twitter the other day um, it's okay not to say anything at all about it it's okay to take step away from social media if need be uh, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling about, uh, the Kobe Bryant news cycle at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's a tragedy, especially for Vanessa Bryant losing a husband and a daughter. Um, it's, it's sad for the basketball world, not only because of Kobe's legacy as a, a great player, but also, uh, the aspirations that his daughter had to go to UConn to play in the WNBA, uh, to be kind of the next possibly great player in the world of women's basketball and basketball in general. Uh, So yeah, it's okay to have complicated feelings and I'm sorting it out myself. Not really sure uh, what to do with it all, but uh, all I do know is that um, it's a reminder to us all to love the people who are in our lives Not to take a moment for granted. Every day is a gift. Every breath is a gift. And it's good to remind people in your life of how much you love and appreciate them. I don't think anybody can uh, disagree with that. On to some rumors. Chris Kreider's name remains one of the big um, talking points. Uh, There's word out of Pittsburgh via The Athletic's Josh Yohe that... Uh, Jim Rutherford remains keen to acquire a top 6 winger with Jay Gensel out of the lineup. Um, so Kreider kind of been uh, tied to the Penguins. Uh, Tyler Toffoli's name coming up there. Those are obviously the big names that are coming up for any team that's interested in a winger. Uh, Toffoli, Kreider, they're free agents at the end of the season. Um, so their names are just going to come up over and over could be bad news for those teams that are in pursuit of those players as uh, the asking price could go up and up. But, um, you know, it's something the Bruins will have to uh, mull over whether they're in on these players, whether they're going to um, explore other options, whether they are a look internally. Um, you know, speaking of the Penguins, it's also noted that Alex Galchenyuk, Could be on the move. He's a UFA this summer. Been very disappointing with the Penguins this season. Uh, But there's certainly some upside there. So maybe the Bruins could get him uh, on the cheap and see if that could work. Um, He is a left winger, left-hand shot. Um, Bruins, we all know, need help on the right side. So I don't know if that would really be a fit. Uh, But, um, you know, we'll see if that happens. Uh, Something something to keep an eye on at least. Um, what else was there? Larry Brooks from New York. He really believes the Rangers will be sellers, um, that even though they're still somewhat in the playoff race, um, he expects them to trade Crider, Jesper fast, uh, if they're not re-signed by the trade deadline. Um, They might also explore moves for restricted free agents like Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo, who have played very well this season and may, you know, have very expensive contracts coming up that the Rangers might not want to commit to uh, as they kind of are in rebuilding mode and looking well into the future. Um, Although, you know, D'Angelo and Strom are still fairly young and could be good building blocks. I don't know why they'd have a real appetite to trade them, but um, they do have $64 million tied up in 13 players for next season. Uh, So they're already pretty well up there. Um, Artemi Panarin really pushing that cap ceiling for them with his pretty huge contract. Um, Josh Anderson is another name that is Uh, Out there, according to Aaron Portsland of The Athletic, Um, he is a winger that I think would fit in well with the Bruins. Uh, He's a restricted free agent, a year away from UFA eligibility. Um, He's been uh, not producing as much this season as he's been hampered by injuries, but um, he had 27 goals last season. Um, I really think that's an interesting one for the Bruins to take a look at his game would really suit this team well Uh, the Blue Jackets are however in uh, the playoff race right now they're actually in you know a playoff spot as we speak Uh, so they might be reluctant to trade him right now he only has a goal and 3 assists in 26 games so his trade value might not be high he's a right hand shot and if they do fall out of the playoff race I really think that uh, he'd be a player that the Bruins should target with uh, you know, some speed, some skill and uh, kind of a Bruins mentality, I think into his game that that could fit well on the second line, right wing, or even third line, right wing. So yeah, that's pretty much it for today's podcast. Uh, Again, over the rest of the week, I hope to have some uh, guests on the podcast to break down kind of uh, where the Bruins are what's coming up next preview of Saturday's game against the Jets tomorrow's bell. Let's talk day. So we may focus on that uh, for Wednesday's podcast, but this has been uh, the show for Tuesday, January 28th. I hope you're all having a great week. Um, If you're looking for something to do without Bruins hockey, I highly recommend the Netflix documentary, the devil next door. It's uh, a story that I wasn't really familiar with. I had heard obviously of Ivan, the terrible and, um The atrocities committed at uh Nazi camps during World War two, but I was not aware of uh, this trial in the eighties involving a man from Cleveland who was believed to be Ivan the Terrible. I only have one episode left, so no spoilers, please, but I really recommend it uh it's entertaining um and also. Curb is back, for those of you who could use a laugh. uh, I've only seen the first new episode, but it was hilarious, and I look forward to catching up with the second one. So that's it for today's podcast. We are the Locked On Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I am Ian McLaren. You can find me at ENC McLaren. Follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Take care of yourselves today, friends, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.